The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Brutal Nation, a podcast series that's dedicated to less-known serial killers and acts of true crime. I'm your host, Scott Alexander, and right across from me is, as always... Miss Tammy Underwood. Tammy, can you manage to say hi this time? Because you couldn't say bye last time on the last episode. Can we do that? Maybe? Hi, everybody. Oh Fuck my off, Scott. God, it's a fucking miracle, <laughs> Shut isn't <up>. it? <laughs> Sometimes I don't like you. Actually, I wanted to look across the desk and go, Bueller? Bueller? Because <laughs> well, I got sidetracked. Because <laughs> my numbers weren't looking right as far as my episode numbers. I was like, that doesn't look right. So I got sidetracked and I apologize uh-huh. to my listeners, not you. You should always apologize to me because I'm that awesome. You should apologize to me <laughs> for just being who you are. Fabulous. All right. So who do you got for me for today? It's not a weird name, Scott. It isn't because I'm looking at it and you have to tell everybody else. It's pretty normal. Like- yep. Her name is Dana Sue Gray. Yeah, it's pretty fucking bland right there. Yeah. I have a quote for you. You're going to love this one. Oh, do tell. Greed for money is the root of all evil. I agree with that 110%. I've been saying that forever. Yep. Rajiv Ranjan said that. Okay. (laughs) Sounded to me like you just had something caught in your throat, but okay. (laughs) I want to drink some fucking water. Yeah. So anyways, I'm going to give a little bit of clarity. Um. Some might say that I should have featured this case on Monday, but I chose not to, and here's why. Yes, Dana Sue Gray was a nurse by profession. She was actually employed when she was arrested. However, unlike our Monday cases, she did not commit the murders as an extension of her profession. In other words, her murders were separate. They weren't her patients. For that reason, I didn't feel she qualified for Monday, you know. Because, you know what, whatever. Well, no, if she's not murdering her patients, then, yeah. you know. Because then, in um, essence, she's not a medical serial killer. But she is on the list of medical serial killers, which pissed me off. Yeah, that's, yeah, because it's not. I'm kind of picky that way. Okay. Well, anyway, finish Anyways, your shit. So, I'm going to be, you know, Scott said it first, but I'm going to reiterate. He said it in episode 12, Family of Killers, that evil isn't just under our bed or in the dark corners of our closet hidden away. No, evil is in the people we see every day. However, I'm going to expound upon that for a second. Usually when a serial killer is arrested, Scott and I have talked about this, you can almost guarantee that when the news crew goes around and interviews their family, friends, and neighbors, there's going to be one central theme and all the answers to the questions. That theme is going to be, I can't believe they arrested, insert the name here, for killing people. They are just the nicest person I could ever. I I couldn't even see them hurting a fly. In other words, the killer is never somebody we would see as being a killer, right? I've said that a hundred times. Like, nobody's going to look at me and go, yeah, I knew that fat, bald fucker would be out there killing with his loud mouth and everything. Because the killer rarely looks like me. No. You know, and stands out. The killer, you know, serial killers are ones they kind of, they blend in. They're chameleons. Yeah. That's part of the thing, you know. Uh, they're, they're, they're never out there. They aren't. Like I am. However, in her case, it's kind of <laughs> up in the air. Some say that they could have seen it coming and others say not so much. Because um, prior to her arrest, though, um, let's see. 
she had never really been in trouble before. She was a respected surgical nurse. She was smart, beautiful, outgoing amongst her friends and family. She had a healthy relationship for a while with a man who often brought his five-year-old son around, and she was known to be kind and gentle with him as well. Nothing to people who knew her on that level seemed to about her attitude or behavior it even whispered serial killer to them. However, you have the other side of the coin where people said that from a young age, she had an obsession with money and control. And this obsession lurked just beneath the surface, wasn't quite visible, but it was still kind of, you know how you have paint on the wall and then you paint it over something, you didn't prime it first? Right, but just because you have an obsession with money and control, no, doesn't mean but you're it was be kind a of like, killer. it was kind of. It's it's really I'll explain here in a second. <laughs> okay. Okay. So Dana Sue Gray was born on December 6, 1957 in Pasadena, California. Her mother was Beverly Arnett Armbrust, who was a former chairman of Rose's Princess and occasional model. Hey princess. Yep, Jamie's over there <laughs> waving the her hand, wave. doing the princess wave. It's actually wrist, wrist, elbow, elbow, but whatever. And Russell Armbrus was a known hairstylist, a well-known hairstylist in the area. Fabulous. Yeah, they were both 39 years old when Dana was born. Um, and people who knew Beverly would describe her as, you know, it depends on who you were talking to, I guess. She would be volatile, fun-loving, self-centered, vain, or adventurous. Okay, yeah. you just described everything that you can be. Um, leave anything out? Yeah. She was everything all at once. Jesus um, Later, Dana's, uh, friends of Dana would use some of those same terms to describe her. Um, her parents divorced when she was two due to her mother's excessive spending. She, and after her parents divorced, she had little contact with her father. Um. And Beverly's parenting style seemed to be either maternal overindulgence or emotional neglect. It was one or the other. It wasn't like a happy medium. I'm already going to answer your question for the end of this fucking show. Just let me finish, Scott. Fine. Fine. Anyways. I already know what this is. Yeah. Just saying. Anyways. So the mother and daughter would live together, obviously, and they had an intense and somewhat conflicted relationship. Um, especially as Dana started getting older and entering into puberty and adolescence, um, cause whenever she was disciplined by her mother, she would retaliate. She would steal money to buy candy or fly into a fit of rage. Okay. As a child, when she didn't get the attention she wanted or she felt neglected, she sought revenge. She would cut holes in her mother's dresses once she peed her brother's bed, she trashed a teacher's classroom. She showed little interest in school, making mediocre grades at best. She would get into fights with people and she started experimenting with drugs and alcohol and earned several school suspensions because she would forge notes to skip class. Dude, we did that. <laughs> yeah. In spite every kid of it all, that. she did graduate from high school in 1976. Okay. Now, when Dana was 14 years old, her mother got breast cancer and died. She died in 1973. And so Dana was between her freshman and sophomore year. And so she went to go live with her father and his new wife. But 
she was kicked out of there when they discovered marijuana in a room that she shared with her stepsister. Not the marijuanas. Well, you know. <laughs> and con- well, we look at marijuana now as what the fuck ever. But I've back then, always people- looked at marijuana the same yeah, way. <laughs> whatever. Not everybody's dope heads like we are, Scott. <laughs> okay. In contrast to her unimpressive academic record and history of getting into trouble, she did excel at one thing extreme sports she was an adrenaline junkie she started to skydive and became an expert skydiver then she decided to windsurf and like excelled at that and you know she'd do snow skiing cycling everything apparently she came alive when the adrenaline was present in the activity um especially when that activity included a man that she could share it with cool yeah sharing is caring Okay. <laughs> Anyways, when shortly after high school, she um, moved in with her the her skydiving instructor who was 23 years old and he happened to be her boyfriend. And with his help, she went to nursing school. Okay? For a while, it seemed like she was trying to get her life back together. She had this relationship with a skydiver. Um but that eventually was replaced with a windsurfer. But she did graduate from nursing school in 1981 and got a job at the hospital and seemed happy and stable. Then in 1987, she married Tom Gray. And he was a friend from high school who had had a crush on her since the seventh grade. Oh, how sweet. Yeah. But, I mean, and let's see. But, you know, if you listen to the reports and stuff and you read everything about her, she still had her personality flaws. But don't we all? Um, while she was a competent nurse who took very good care of her patients, she was seen as patronizing and controlling to her co-workers. With her peers, she was unable to take criticism and received, refused to accept responsibility for any mistake or conflict. And she was hypersensitive to the point where she perceived slights or insults when none were intended. You know what I mean? So Kind of like you. Fuck you, Scott. Oh, see, there's another good example. That's a stretch. I know. Anyways, no, because you know what I'm saying here? Narcissist. Well, yeah, that's kind of a given. Yeah. So her relationship with her husband began to deteriorate, and like her mother, she developed an uncontrollable appetite for spending. And within a year, hold on. I get yawned. (laughs) <laughs> you yawned, and so now I am obviously not a sociopath or a psychopath because I yawn in response. Um, <coughs> however, um, within a year of them getting married, they were deeply in debt. Her sister, her former sister-in-law, described her passion for money as not even normally greedy. It was everything was sacrificed to the god of narcissism. God damn! Yeah. So as these financial pressures increased, she drank more, spent more, and fought more with her husband and her half-brothers. In 1993, she started an affair with a member of her husband's band and spent several months going back and forth between her new lover and her husband. Desperate to have a child, she suffered two miscarriages. She and Tom filed for bankruptcy, and their house was foreclosed on. And in November of 1993, three months before, for the first murder, she was fired from her nursing job when she was unable to account for multiple doses of pain medicine missing. Um, she ended up, you know, 
realizing, hey, I think I'm fucking depressed. And she went to go see a psychiatrist who was prescribed Paxil. Isn't yeah. that your favorite? No, uh, 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 Prozac. Prozac. Okay, of. my bad. That's one that I can't take because then my pecker doesn't work. Okay, yeah. So now let's get into the victims. The first victim is believed to be uh, Norma Davis. Norma Davis was 86 years old, uh, but Dayton was not convicted of her murder because there didn't seem to be enough evidence. Dana's father, Russell, married. And this is going to be a little convoluted, so if you get lost, just have me. Try to, like, explain it better. I'm lost. Explain that Shut better. up. Dana's father, Russell, married a woman by the name of Jerry Davis in 1988. Now, Norma was Jerry's former mother-in-law. Okay? Okay. Jerry was actually taking care of Norma, although she had married Russell after her first husband, Bill, died in the early 80s. So after her first husband died, she continued to take care of her former mother-in-law. Oh, okay. okay. So... Norma's neighbor, Alice Williams, found Norma's body on February 16th, 1994, when she had been dead for two days. Now, Norma was found with a wooden-handled utility knife poking out of her throat, a fillet knife protruding from her chest, and she had no other marks on her body except for a few fingernails were broken, and there was a bloody afghan laying by her feet. Hopefully they weren't really good high-end knives. Dude, fillet Filet knives, though, I would be shocked that they could protrude one from her chest because those are flimsy. Those are the ones that used to yeah, skin no, and know. bone fish. Yeah, I know what a filet knife is. No, I'm just saying because they're kind of flimsy. I have one that's readily rather flimsy. Well, they didn't say that it went through like her sternum or anything. Oh, sure. Just that it was protruding from her chest. So whatever. Yeah. Okay, got her in um, a titty or something. <laughs> she was old, Scott. Fine. But not... If she got stabbed in the boob, it's not like they're going to deflate. They're already there. She's already old. They're already flattened. Oh, my God. Just saying. Oh, my goodness. You are driving me nuts already. Okay. <laughs> Wait till the Germans come back out. I, please don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the detectives noticed right away that there was no forced entry, and they learned from neighbors that Norma always kept her doors closed and only let those she knew enter her home. In the Canyon Lake area, which is a gated community. Oh, okay. Okay. So Alice told the officials that Norma did not tell her that she was expecting any visitors. And they also noticed that there was a Nike shoe print found near the kitchen. They also found Norma's social security check that was only $148 was found by the detectives. What kind of social security is that? That's jacked up, man. I know. And a smear of blood was found on the armchair on the first floor and a phone cord had been ripped out of the wall. Of course the killer's wearing Nikes, man. Just do it. Shut up. (laughs) Swoosh. Next is uh, June Roberts. She also lived in Canyon Lake Skated Community. And was visited by Dana on February 28th, 1994, which is the same day she was murdered. Dana asked June to borrow a book on how to control her drinking problem. That's when Dana unplugged both of June's phones while June was not looking and used the curly phone cord instead of the straight phone cord to strangle her to death. Then stole two of her credit cards and went on a massive shopping spree. God damn. Yeah. Okay. Like. Killed her, went shopping. <laughs> then you have Dorinda Hawkins, uh, who was working alone on March 10th, 1994, at an antique store when Dana entered. She entered the store to buy a picture frame to put her deceased mother's photo in, is what she claimed. And then Dana ripped out the phone cord and tried to strangle Dorinda, but um, 
Dorinda was like a ninja, right? Yeah, and so $5 from Dorinda's purse and $20 from the register. And Dana went on a shopping spree about an hour after that with June Roberts, more June Roberts credit cards. And Dorinda, Dorinda survived Dana's attack and then informed the officers of who attacked her, gave her... I mean, like an almost perfect description. I see the sketch and you see it next to a picture of her almost <laughs> spot on. Nice. Yeah. Which ran in the picture, ran in the paper the next day. Next we have Dora. I think the it's Explorer. No, oh, baby or Beebe? B-E-E-B-E. Beeb? Beebe? Beeb. I don't know. Beep, baby. Like the fucking roadrunner going on there. Jesus Christ, man. I felt like you for a minute. I got a moment of insanity. Wiley Coyote be chasing her and shit. Yeah. So Dora arrived home from the doctor's appointment on March 16th, 1984. And apparently shortly after that, Dana knocked on her door um, asking her for some directions. Uh, Dora invited Dana inside to take a look at her map because I'm sure that's back when they used a little atlas and almanac or whatever. (laughs) Atlas. Yeah. Almanac was the, yeah, whatever. Leave me alone. Um, and that is when Dora killed her. Um, Dora's boyfriend, Louis Dorman, of eight years. I mean, you just said no. Dora killed her. No, that's what I, I Dana killed Dora is that what I meant to say. That makes a lot more sense. I thought this is going to be a I short know. fucking episode. Uh, Dora already Well, because you have her. Dana and Dora and when they're right next to each other is all I saw with the D's and the A's and I kind of like I bet you that's all you saw was the D's and, and some the A's. A's. Yeah, I can see where your mind is. Whatever now. you who only see TNA. <laughs> that's all. That's, yeah. that's how I remember. So women. apparently, Dora's boyfriend, Louis Dorman, of eight years, discovered her body later that day when he came to visit her. Dana had gone shopping within an hour after killing Dora with Dora's credit cards. Now, as you can imagine, all of these murders, except for the attempted murder at the antique store, all happened at Canyon Lake in Holy the gated cow. community. So the residents there were terrified. Some of the senior women were actually either moving in with other friends and relatives, or some would actually, believing there were safety in numbers, would sleep together in big groups that allocated houses. Oh, wow. Yeah, to kind of keep themselves safe. Which, you know what? I don't blame them, you know? All I see in my head is a bunch of retired ladies all sleeping together. And I'm pretty sure I saw that on Pornhub. <laughs> That's disgusting. It's <laughs> disturbing is what it is, Scott. It's only disgusting when they start taking off their depends in the middle of the night. Anyways. So anyways, on April 8, 1994. Oh, wait. Um, apparently, when she killed Dora. Was it Dora? Yeah. The Dora the Explorer. Yeah. When she killed Dora. Um, she had her, the five-year-old son of her boyfriend in the car waiting for her. Holy shit. No. Okay. Okay. Oh, wait. No. Yeah. No, it was when she killed the second victim. Excuse me. Either way. Either way. That's where I've got a problem with this. It's not the killing because I understand why she's doing it. She's Mm -hmm. getting the credit cards because she's addicted to spending. It's an addiction just like drugs or alcohol or anything like that. However... If you're killing somebody with somebody's five-year-old or your own. Yeah, it's when she killed the second victim, yeah. In the car. That is where I go, bitch, you are beyond fucked up. Like, for real. You know? Yeah. Jesus Christ, man. Leave the kids out of this. I think that's the bottom line on this. Leave the fucking kids out of this. Yeah. Well, and the sad part is, is that 
considering after she murdered these women, within hours, she went on a spending spree that left an obvious paper trail because she's using their credit cards. Yeah, well, that, that's another yeah. thing. So it's like, I don't know. It's just like fucking stupid to me. <laughs> so on April 8th of 1984, Dana had been arrested and she pled not guilty. Okay. She was faced with so much physical evidence that she even admitted to credit card and bank fraud, but insisted she had merely given into the temptation after finding the bank book and credit cards of the murdered women somewhere else. <laughs> of course. From the beginning, it seemed that she was priming the, you know, the setting the stage basically to line up a mental health defense. I can kind of see that, but I also see a lot of stupidity. Okay. Uh, Coincidences happen. They do. Like, if you're walking along the street and you find a wallet with no ID in it and you find, like, a hundred bucks, you know, hey, no fucking ID, can't return to anybody, keeping it. You know, that's one thing. But you don't stumble along and go, hey... There's a bunch of credit cards in there. I'm tempted to go shopping. And then the next day or two, you're walking along going, oh, look at that. There's another bank book with mm-hmm. some credit cards in there. Yeah. Lucky me. And then a couple of days later, oh, my gosh, look at that. Yeah. I just No, that, that it happens precisely none of the fucking time, okay? Yeah. When they're all murdered. Exactly. That's, that's you know, that's fucking just asinine. God right. damn. Put well, a it dumb seems plot. like. It seems like, though, but from the second she got arrested, she would tell the police about her stress and her depression and her visits to the psychiatrist and her medication for antidepressants. And she said she had been in a severe depression for a year after her mother had died. And while in jail awaiting her trial, she repeatedly expressed suicidal thoughts. Which we all know if she's a narcissist, she wouldn't commit suicide. No. no, She also talked at length about her compulsive need to shop, which is obviously a mental health disability, right? I have a compulsive (laughs) need to shop. Wait, I am crazy. So 11 months later, she did change her plea to not guilty by reason of insanity. And the battle of the experts began. Two defense psychiatrists testified that she was legally insane at the time of the murder. Um, one diagnosed her with severe psychotic depression complicated with alcoholism. The other one agreed with the diagnosis of, of depression and alcoholism, but also added an unspecified disassociative disorder that allegedly caused Dana to confuse the actions of the older women she murdered with the maternal abuse she suffered as a child. In other words, Dana was symbolically killing her mother and due to her mental confusion at the time could not appreciate the enormity of her actions. Bullshit. (laughs) That is the biggest load of bullshit I have heard to date with every serial killer defense that you and I have discussed up to right now at episode 64. Bull fucking shit and let me explain boys and girls why number one you missed the garbage i know i do that a lot but that's why i gotta get my housekeeper to come back and start actually fucking cleaning when's she gonna do that i don't know i gotta call her she probably thinks because jake's here he's gonna do it (laughs) yeah it's gonna fucking happen so and, and here's why um if you're killing your your parent 
over and over again. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Oh, yeah, me too. Okay, but you're not jacking their credit cards right. and going on these spending sprees over that and over Your only again. moment of clarity is when you have these credit cards in your hand buying something. Yeah, that yeah. It, it makes absolutely zero amount of sense at fucking all. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and I understand it sounds like she was abused by her mom. Yeah. You know, or at bare minimum, they had a very, you know, tense relationship. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, no, you're not going to, you're not going to just, uh, I have, I'm, gonna, I, I'm still well, stuck and, with the five-year-old being in the car for victim two. Jesus yeah. Christ. Well, and what gets me, though, is it seems to me, I mean, because what we were hearing about her mom, you know, what people were saying about her mom and what people are saying about her is Apple didn't fall far from the tree. A narcissist bred a narcissist. Right. No, exactly. And they both, they both have the, the, the spending uh, bug. Yeah. But that right there, and I'm going to tell you this at the end too, that's nurture 100%. Okay, well, I am not done. Okay, fine. 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 On the other hand, prosecutions only had one mental health expert who did say, yes, Dana could be depressed and an alcoholic. However, she was completely sane. She discovered, for example, that the complaints of the hallucinations and delusions that Dana's reported to the defense psychiatrist didn't service until October of 1995. Okay? <laughs> Keep in mind, she was arrested in April of 1994. Yeah. No. Okay. I'm, I'm picking up. Yeah. I hear you chirping, Big And bird. no one had ever observed her responding to internal stimuli or expressing unusual thoughts or beliefs. And that the two psychiatrists who had seen her before the murders had found her to be neither psychotic nor suicidal. And while friends and family readily described her preoccupation with money and her verbal aggression towards others, no one observed signs of mental illness. Uh, She had never been to a psychiatric hospital. She had never attempted suicide and she had never been diagnosed with a serious mental illness. This doctor actually diagnosed her with borderline personality disorder, which I can see. Okay. All right. So of course it didn't take a mental health expert to see and Dana probably obviously saw it too, that um, she was aware of the potential consequences of what she was doing. Uh, She wore plastic gloves to the murders, avoided leaving her fingerprints, asked one of her victims if she was alone before she attacked her, and either threw away or hid credit cards of the victims after she went shopping. As I said, a load of bullshit because the shopping spree and everything. Yeah. Yeah. You're not yeah. crazy, Dana. You're not no. crazy. Yeah, and apparently she quit believing her own story, too, because on September 9th, 1998, the day before she was supposed to go to trial, she changed her plea to guilty in exchange to avoid the death penalty. Um, yeah, what gets me about this whole thing is that I read some, and like I said, I didn't have a whole time to put it all together because I was finishing up a bunch of other crap, too. Um, is that there has been some talk and everything about this thing that, oh, if she would have been diagnosed earlier, she could have gotten the mental help she needed, blah, 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 or this or that. And I don't buy into any of that. No, no, I don't. I believe that that she killed these women because a, they all lived in a gated community, which means they were well off. Oh yeah. Which means, and she knew that they were alone. Right. Okay. She found some ruse if she didn't already know the people to get into their homes. Um, 
So she knew what she was doing. She targeted them for a reason. And the fact that she wore gloves right. and disposed of evidence says that she went in to kill these people. Oh, exactly. You know, I also don't believe even if the mental health was available to her, she wouldn't have taken advantage of it because she was a narcissist at the very least. Yeah. And a narcissist does not believe they have an issue. Exactly. You know, so um, let's see here. Oh, fuck. Where did I go? I, oh, um, I had it here in a second. Now I can't even find it. Never mind. But, um, yeah. So, anyways, so go ahead, Scott. I know you've been dying to answer this, and I know you kind of answered it already. Nature or nurture, Scott? Nature or nurture? Too late. Don't want to answer it. <laughs> no, this is nurture 100%. I mean, think about it. You know, her mom is showing her what is truly valuable. Right. Like, to me, what's truly valuable is friendship, family, and love. Right. You know, and that's not, that's not me being my normal asshole self, but that's what, that's what I find valuable. You know, wow. everything else, like my guitars and, 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 you know, house, all that good stuff, that's, that right. can all be replaced. Um, but above that for this chick, what she was taught is that you need to have things. Right. You need to, in order for you to fill an empty void in you or what you should value the most is, is, right. is buying stuff. Right. Just stuff. And unfortunately, in today's society, from what I've seen, a lot of people are like that. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, they, they, they rate their life on, on what stuff. They yeah. Um, Keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this is, this is totally na- uh, nurture. 100%. Right. You know, I don't. I would like to know why her dad didn't have much to do with her, because he could have made an impact. He probably could have, but I'm wondering if that was more of her mother's influence than his. Well, yeah, could be. I mean, yeah, yeah. And then if you go from the fact that her mother was either a neglecting her or b overindulging her, mm-hmm. you know, so therefore, if she was being neglected, she would probably act out so she could get the attention, you know, because. Kids do. The kids want your attention. If they can't get it health in a healthy manner, they will go about it in an unhealthy manner. Well, plus it sends two di- very different messages. Yeah. Uh, you know, and kids like structure. They do. They very you know, much so. Uh, you, you should never be your kid's best friend. No. Uh, seriously, because at some point you got to be the parent. You know, there, there's a time, that, and they're not going to listen to you if you're not. Yeah, right. You know, there's a time to be cool with your kids and and do fun shit, and then there's a time, even when they're adults, to take your size 13 foot and put it in their ass. It just happens. We're working on that. What's that look for? You're over there. You you kind of look like an angry frog. I was laughing. I'm kind of. I mean, I'm not chilly because I'm feeling a hot flash coming on, but I don't know. Damn. Probably need something to eat. I've been shaky all day. You know where the kitchen is. Anyway, go ahead. I know. No. Um, so anyways, um, now my next question is this. Is because, you know, she was with this guy. He had a five-year-old son. They were living together. Did he not notice her excessive spending and wonder where the money was coming from? I didn't know that they were living together. Yeah. I thought they were just seeing each other. No. Okay, now that does raise the question. 
you got to kind of look around and go, because she'd already lost her job at the, at the hospital. Yeah. You're looking around going, huh, you know, Dana, there is no Dana, only Zool. <laughs> Sorry, Ghostbusters. Love that fucking movie. Um, <laughs> I'm losing my glasses. Are you the gatekeeper? I am the key master. <laughs> um, you're so stupid. You know, you're looking at her ever-expanding wardrobe and seeing, hey, wow, we got like new bookends, we got a couple of new tables, and, yeah. and, and somebody bought a giraffe that's in the backyard. Um, five zebras, and are those midgets running around looking like little <laughs> Scott, trolls? Scott, it's not what you. What the fuck is going on? Um, you know, yeah, but seriously, wondering where the hell did the money come from? Right. Bitch ain't working. Yeah. You know? If you don't work, you ain't getting money, and unemployment's not paying you that much. So where is she getting this? Uh, the, 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 I'm kind of curious if, if he did ask that, and Dana had some great story, you know? Oh, that could be too. <laughs> That's uh, I would love to talk to this dude and say, "Hey, I just want to know, man, uh, did she have like a story behind it, or yeah. are you just a fucking oblivious? Or did you just not bother asking because you didn't want confrontation? Yeah, it could be it because that could be it too. Yeah, it could have been. Uh, I don't yeah. want to fight with this bitch because she'll bite me, kind of like a midget will bite your ankles. Um, because what? What's that look for? You're bad. I am not. I'm not a midget. I'm not biting anybody's ankles. No, but you're talking about, which is even worse. My God, there's always something. Jesus Christ. No, because it's always something with you, Scott. Oh, fine. Blame me. Yeah, It's always, always something blame. coming out of your mouth that makes me say these things. <laughs> um, no, because it, it's just like, and, you, and then you knew, I mean, because apparently when she was being cut arrested and they were trying to talk to her and get a confession out of her, she... Um, Let's see here. Where was it? That at first she claimed she never took the cards, right? And then she claimed she found the cards of the first two victims and that she stuck for this story. And then all of a sudden she was like, um, I only, I only kept the cards because I had this overwhelming need to shop that I cannot control. Okay. <laughs> I can see people having that. I'm a shopaholic. I unfortunately I can control it now. I suffer when I'm really angry, then I have to go buy something. Um, but you know what I mean? It's just like she, I think she knew as soon as she got arrested that she had to lay the groundwork. You know what oh, I totally. mean? But to not even claim, you know, like thoughts of suicide or hallucinations until a year after you've been in jail, dude, a little too little, it- too late. Yeah, exactly. She had, she sat down. Hey, that's what I should she tell her now. She started that when she started her killing. Duh. You know. She said, "I'm crazy. Look <laughs> at me. I'm just a nut. A crazy. <laughs> I'm wild and crazy guy. <laughs> I don't think she's a guy. Well, she might be. I don't know. Wasn't, that, wasn't that Steve? Um, Martin. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Steve Martin. But. No, so that's all I have on her because she was a short and sweet one. And I think that's why I picked her because I've been so overwhelmed all week that I just didn't have enough in me to research a long one. So long. But yeah. So hard. You're disgusting. <laughs> we are talking about serial killing and yet you still managed to switch it to porn. Oh, no, man. Like, you know, while I don't like her mocha, I'd still probably bang her. She was hot. She was very pretty. She's, yeah, very hot. You know, I'm not saying that I would help her kill people and I wouldn't be looking at her sister going, hey, drug your sister so I can bang her because that's you a You know what the sad much. part is, is that you just said, 
I hate her, but I'd still fuck her. Hey, it's not love. It's not like I want to marry her, okay? She was pretty freaking hot. I, I still probably would have banged her, even though I think that she's a total twat. And I call her sugar tits in the you, negative way. Scott, unfortunately, I can see you. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> I don't want to say it. But I'm saving myself for someone special, so. Phil's mom? Your mom. <laughs> I need Phil's number. We, Him and I need to start a support group. <laughs> I feel his pain. I'm just saying. Phil, if you're out there, call me. <laughs> he doesn't have pain. I use lube. Ah! Sick fuck. <laughs> you are so disgusting. <coughs> Carry on, my fine feathered friend. I am. I'm talking to the uh, ghosty Are you talking poo. to my ghosty poo? All right. Remember, you can send us an email. You're done, right? I'm done. Okay, yeah. I was done like last year. (laughs) I'm so tired and out of it right now. Fabulous. You can send us an email at brutalnation.cast at (coughs) gmail.com. Check out the website at www.twistedbluellc.com. As always, click the uh, Amazon button if you're going to shop on Amazon. It helps us out a lot and... uh, it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just something nice to do. Check out the blogs. Uh, we're on Vocal Media, Medium, and Hub Pages. Just search at Brutal Nation. This show's copyrighted 2021 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights reserved. We'll catch you guys later. Bye bye. Can you say bye this time? Bye everybody. Oh my God, it's fucking amazing. It's Shut up. Twice in a row. It's great. <laughs> I hate you.